Hello team and welcome back to the Simply Fit Podcast. Today I bring you some incredible news. I have been working on a secret project for the past three or four months now and I now can tell you that the brand new follow along workout channel is live and here. On this YouTube channel, you're gonna find workouts for fat loss, muscle building, improving your cardio health, flexibility, everything is gonna be on there. You're gonna find body weight workouts, dumbbell workouts, kettlebell and resistance bands workouts, all that you can follow along with. And the best part is that it's completely free. They're also around 10 to 20 minutes long, meaning if you're short of time, you can quickly complete an effective workout or you can combine like two or three of them together and complete like a full 45 to 60 minute workout. New workouts will go live on the channel every Tuesday and Thursday and they're gonna be accompanied by an amazing backdrop, which I'm sure you're all gonna enjoy. So if you wanna find the channel, just search Elliot Hassoon into YouTube and you'll find it very easily. And please subscribe. It makes me very, very happy and it helps the channel grow. And feel free to tell your friends, your family, your pets, whoever you want to share this with and let's work out together. Welcome to the Simply Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Hassoun. In this podcast, I'll be looking at three key questions related to fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I will break these down into information that is easy to understand and actionable so that you can apply it to your life today. This podcast will give you all you need to improve your health and well-being once and for all. So sit back, listen, and most importantly, take action. Today I've got three fantastic questions for you, as always on the topic of nutrition, training, and mindset. Today we're going to start off with a nutrition question. How do I know what nutritional protocol to go for? There's so many and it's overwhelming. And I can relate to this. I think the whole health and fitness industry in general is fairly overwhelming, to be completely honest. And this applies to training too. It can be really hard to know what training protocol to go for. So it's definitely something that's throughout the industry and someone even as a health professional feels the exact same way. So don't worry too much about feeling overwhelmed. It's completely 100% normal. But I'm going to go through how you might want to determine what nutritional protocol to go for and how to dissect the information uh, to ensure that you choose the approach that's right for you. First thing that I would do is you've got to understand that some people, when it comes to dieting philosophies and certain ways of training, people get very, very invested into their way of thinking. They may even tie their identity to it to a degree. Just like religion and political views, there's always an extreme end of the spectrum, right? There's someone who couldn't care less, and then there's the other person who would die for their religion, die for their political view, etc. And I hate to say it, but it can be fairly similar when it comes to nutrition and training too, especially when you come to like, you know, paleo or keto or, you know, some people, if you look out there, if you go on Google and you do your research, you will find some pretty diehard people. So this is my first bit of advice is don't go to dieharketo.com or lowcarblifestyle.co.uk, right? You're not going to find any neutral perspective on those websites. It's all going to be very, very biased towards the certain protocol that they agree with or they adhere to or they live their life by. And it might be fairly like it could attack other 
forms of protocols and it's you know so it's not only just about supporting theirs just like you know political views it's not just about supporting their own party it's also about bashing the other so try to not go for either extreme end of the spectrum like you don't want to go to someone who literally just says nothing matters it's just a calorie deficit just you know eat uh, eat a certain amount and exercise a certain amount you'll be absolutely fine nor do you want to go for the diehard people opt for a neutral perspective. So if you see any like extreme viewpoints, then you're probably not quite on the right website. I can't uh, give you many off the top of my head. I mean, this podcast is a very neutral perspective. This is the goal of the podcast is me to share two different sides of the story. This is a good place to be, but also that's what you want to be looking for when you're doing your research. Next one is go for what appeals to you. You know, if you see something and you like the idea of it and it catches your eye, then dive into it. But like, don't pick something like the IIFYM approach, the if it fits your macros approach, if you don't like the idea of tracking, which is kind of what that approach is based on. You know, if you don't, if you really like carbohydrates and you're not really a big fan of avocado, fatty meats or high fat foods, then keto is not going to be for you. So go for what sparks your interest and then start searching down that route. Next step, once you've done these two things, try before you buy, right? See what works for you. You know, and if it does work for you and it it works amazing, I would still encourage you to try a few others. Let's put it this way. Let's say you went to an ice cream store and you tried the, let's say the cookies and cream. And it was amazing. And you're like, I'm going to get cookies and cream every time. But then you don't know what salted caramel tastes like. You try salted caramel and all of a sudden that's even more mind blown than the cookies and cream. But unless you try these different ones, then you'll never really know. So it's all about giving them a go, seeing how it works for you, seeing how it works for your lifestyle, and not just sticking there, you know? If it does work and it's fantastic, and you're like, actually, this is gonna transition into my lifestyle nicely, then stick with it. But always be prepared to try. And also, on that note, be prepared to pivot if your life changes, right? Like if your life circumstance currently does allow you to do something like intermittent fasting, you know, let's say you're someone who doesn't have to be up at work in the morning, you know, you can get up whenever you want, you work from home, it's very, very easy for you to just put off your breakfast, right? That might work for you. Intermittent fasting might work for you at that time. But if on the other hand, you know, you now have to be at the office at 6am in the morning and you prefer to have like a cooked meal or not even a cooked meal, but a meal prepared at home, then you might have to eat before, you know, your lifestyle might change. It might not be the right approach for you at that moment in time. So you just got to be prepared to change your approach if your lifestyle changes as well. Because at the end of the day, the goal of the approach is that it helps you lead a healthy lifestyle, it helps you feel better, it helps you perform better, it helps you get results perhaps. That's the goal of it. So if it doesn't do any of those things, even if it did for like four, five, six, seven years, but all of a sudden it doesn't anymore, you've got to be prepared and open-minded to change. I'm going to go and give you a bit of an extreme scenario here, but I know a lot of people who may be vegan, vegetarian for years and years on end, realized that they might be able to get more certain nutrients if they started factoring in some fish. Um, yeah, usually it's that, that's usually the place to start. I don't, you don't really hear a lot of vegans go back into full meat, but then they start introducing fish every now and again, just to ensure they get a few extra nutrients that they were missing before. Maybe they want to get more protein into their diet without having to, you know, consume a a ton of lentils, plant-based protein or tofu. And then they end up switching approach. And I think that should be 
just as accepted as anyone taking up a specific approach, right? Our lives change, you know, we will experience different uh, circumstances and certain, you know, ways of our, our days completely changing. And on that note, I just want to say, be prepared to change if the approach all of a sudden doesn't work for you. And also on that note as well, this is just a very small caveat, just because it works for you, doesn't mean it's gonna work for someone else, right? You can tell them all about the benefits that you as an individual are experiencing, but like I said, we all have different lifestyles, we all have different preferences, so just because it's fantastic for you doesn't mean it's gonna be fantastic for the other person. And I know how exciting it can be, but just give them the benefits, but also remain neutral in your perspective. So just to summarize that, so when going for a nutrition protocol and doing your best not to get overwhelmed, the first thing you wanna do is do your research. Avoid biased articles, websites, podcasts. Second, lean towards what appeals to you and your lifestyle as well. Third, try before you buy and be prepared to pivot if you need to. Finally, stick with what works for you, helps you feel better, perform better, live a healthier and happier lifestyle because that at the end of the day is the goal. And that is a pretty uh, concise answer for you. So let's transition on to the next question, which is a training question today. How much cardio should I do if I'm trying to gain muscle? Fantastic question. I actually had this conversation uh, with a friend of mine recently, and it was interesting that we both actually had different opinions on this. You know, we didn't actually share the same viewpoint, and I think we come to the end of the discussion, and I don't think any of us were actually, we were willing to accept each other's point of view, but I don't think we were actually, we didn't, neither of us changed our perspective on this. And this is something I just want to uh, pop in with here as well, is that this podcast, a lot of this is my opinion. You know, I will give you facts, but the goal is of this podcast is to give you the opportunity to just see things from a slightly different perspective and determine your own way of thinking and you know certain decisions on certain topics. This is not for you to take everything that I say as gospel. It's for you to listen to both sides of the story, understand the different perspectives, and then determine what you think is right based on the information that I present to you. And that is what I always want you to do when having a listen to this. And probably you'd be pretty benefit, you'd probably benefit quite a fair amount if you took that approach in general, especially within the health and fitness industry where something that applied 10 years ago could be the complete opposite right now. I can't find the word for it, but things change a lot in the fitness and health industry. And I think it will do, you know, be the same in life in general. So that comes back to, again, don't being 100% tied to one viewpoint because it is gonna change. There's a lot of new data coming out. There's a lot of new science coming out. On one study that was done 10 years ago, there's one specific study right now that's trying to disprove everything that said. Right, so that's just a perspective for you. So let's get back to the question. How much cardio should I be doing if I'm trying to gain muscle and strength? And I'm assuming that this person doesn't want to do any cardio. <laughs> so let's go through what we actually need to do to gain strength and muscle. Let's keep it very simple as well, okay? So we need progressive overload, right? We need to put our muscles under certain stimulus that elicits growth, right? And we largely do that in the gym through lifting heavy, you know, through putting our muscles under tension in a lot of different uh, ways via a lot of different exercises. Next up, to enable them to recover and grow and get stronger, we need a sufficient amount of calories. We need to be in a calorie surplus. In our very early stages of training, 
uh, if we're very new to training, nutrition, and all of this type of stuff, then we might get away with a little bit of muscle gain whilst being in deficit. But if we do want to gain main gain, sorry, a significant amount of muscle, and potentially we're a lot later in our training and um, our fitness journey in general, then we want to be in a calorie surplus, right? And then we need to look at things like sleep, not just for from like a restorative perspective to make sure that we are you know, actually recovering our muscle groups, but also to ensure performance as well. Like I can tell you personally, my sleep hasn't been in the most fantastic place recently. And it's not just the fact that I'm, I'm probably not growing as a byproduct, is that when I get to the gym, I can't, you can't progressively overload quite as much as I would be if I was getting quality sleep. So that is more to do, not even more to do, but it's just as much to do with performance too. Because that's gonna play a big factor. If you can't actually lift more, to provide new stimulus to the muscles and you can have a tough time growing. So that's something to bear in mind. Then we've also got things like stress and all the other things that come into play. So that's what we need to gain muscle. And within all of that that I just mentioned, there's absolutely nothing that suggests that we need to do cardio. A couple of things to consider. And if we did put in cardio during a muscle building phase or a strength building phase, the cardio could be taken away from time from training, right? We all are not very, we don't have a lot of free time at our disposal. So let's say we could exercise four times a week. Would it be more beneficial if we wanted to just gain muscle to have four resistance training sessions? Or, you know, imagine a coach said, no, do three resistance training sessions and then do one cardio session, right? If we didn't have any additional time to fit in the fourth and we decided to do three cardio, uh, free training sessions and one cardio session, then that might be taking away, you know, potential Gains could be left on the table in that perspective. Next is it could be expending calories when you're already trying to be in a positive energy balance. So like I said, for the most part, we're going to need to be in a calorie surplus if we want to gain muscle. And there are a lot of people out there, especially these guys who are quote unquote um, hard gainers who struggle with putting weight on. So if you're then getting them to do cardio and they're expending calories, it might not be the wisest idea because they're already trying to get the food in. They're trying to put the muscle on their frame. They're trying to get the calories in, but we're expending them via doing cardio. So that could be a reason against doing it. And the third and final reason I've got against factoring in cardio on a, a plan like this is it could be impacting your recovery and performance. I've had this in the past where I've been working with individuals who are trying to gain muscle and they've told me, oh, I went on this 10K run, but... You know, you got both ways around of this. And then I went to do legs the next day, but I couldn't lift quite as much because my legs were super sore from the run. Or they do it in reverse. They're like, oh, I tried to do this 10K, but I was really slow because my legs were so sore from the day before. So they're either impacting their future performance in the gym or they're impacting their ability to recover. So that is a challenge, okay? So that's the rationale for not having cardio in. Um, during a muscle building phase or a strength building phase because of all of those reasons. And that was the reasons that my friend suggested to me when we had this conversation. However, I am going to change tracks here, give you my perspective, and then I'm going to come full circle as I always do. First things first is I would like to look at this from an overall health perspective. And my last coach, I worked with Callum, shout out to Callum at the Muscle Mentors. He said to me on one of my check-in responses once, something that really sat in my thoughts until this moment, he said, the organ that sits within your chest is kind of important. And I found it really amusing, but it has stuck with me throughout all of that time. In the point that we were working together, he did factor in um, cardio when I wasn't training. So on my non-training days, I would usually do about 30 minutes of cardio. And I won't lie to you, 
So for maybe for the first four, five, six months, I did it. And then after that, I actually did drop it out in the end. But it was factored in. And if we look at the things that, you know, the reasons against earlier, so taking away time from training, expending calories when, you know, you're already struggling putting on weight or impacting recovery and performance, that didn't apply to me. I had the time at my disposal to do the cardio. I was able to gain sufficient weight and I had no problem with getting the calories in. And it wasn't impacting my recovery or performance because if it was just a 30 minute steady state run around 140 beats per minute or something along those lines. And it wasn't doing any of the above. All of those reasons that were there to suggest that you potentially shouldn't weren't applying to me. And I was able to have cardio within my plan. I was able to gain muscle. I was able to gain strength. And I was actually absolutely fine. So that could be a reason that you might want to put it in. If you know you are caring about things from an overall health perspective, as opposed to just strength and muscle building. That's where I stand on that front. And something I do want to also argue on, on this side of the coin as well, is the fact that within my training, I do feel good after it. And you know I do feel great. But there is a different kind of psychological and mental impact on when I do cardio. But I know people are going to say endorphins, but I don't think it's actually specifically endorphins. I think there's other neurotransmitters and certain hormones that are released as well as endorphins that make you feel good when you are doing cardiovascular exercise. And I don't feel that personally from training, like the resistance training that I was doing. I only feel that when I do cardio. So if we're looking at things from a mental well-being state as well, then actually there is rationale to say that that cardio is making me feel better and then making me, you know, perform better because I was just generally in a better place. So that's the argument on the other side of the coin. So I'm going to conclude here. If you don't want to do cardio, I don't think it's going to affect you that much. You know, I feel like you still, you will have a productive time building muscle and strength. And I think that you will be okay from a health perspective. So I don't think it's the end of the world if you do choose not to. However, I don't think that it's necessarily going to have a big, like, it's not going to do you much harm. If you are someone who's potentially, you know, got those three things above where it's impacting your recovery, you can't get those calories and you are a quote unquote hard gainer, then it might not be the wisest idea. It's on you to make that decision. If you really do don't want to do it, it's not going to be a biggest deal in the world. However, if you want to do it, then I think that it could be beneficial. And I'm just going to come in with a couple of final points because I do want to argue my side a little bit more. And I think that eventually you're probably going to come around. Like for me, for instance, I was only going to be in that surplus for a certain amount of time. And I think that if you're going for these long 18, 24 month uh, gaining phases, then going that long without cardio, you're not really going to have much of a good baseline of CB fitness, right? If you disregard something for 18 to 24 months, then coming back into that, that transition is going to be tough. However, me over here, who's been doing it throughout the entirety of their muscle building phase, perhaps, I'm going to have a, you know, a really easy time just slipping it back into my repertoire. I won't even be slipping it back into my repertoire because it will already be there. And I feel like that would put me on the front foot compared to someone who doesn't. And the final point I want to make here is that if you enjoy cardio, if you are doing it as like a five aside with your buddies on a Sunday, then that shouldn't be any reason to stop you. You know, you will still be able to gain muscle as long as you, again, factor in those points like calories and performance and everything like that. And you recover really, really well. But it just really comes down to the stage of the journey that you're in. 
So, you know, if your priority is to build as much muscle as possible, and this was me a while ago, I didn't do any sport because I was so, so fixated on building muscle and building strength and being the best bodybuilder that I could possibly be. And therefore, I decided that, you know, there was no sport that was worth it more than training. But if you are, but nowadays, if someone said, hey, you want to go um, play tennis, you want to go play football, I'd say, absolutely, right? So it generally does depend on the stage of the journey that you're in. If your 100% priority is with gaining strength and muscle, then maybe not. If it's not, and you, you know, you enjoy what you do, you want to keep some good baseline CV fitness, then give it a go. And that's my closing thoughts. And we're on to the very last question, which is the mindset question. And this is a question I've actually been getting a fair amount in the past couple of weeks. So how do you handle training and nutrition during the winter months? And this one, I wouldn't say it frustrates me, but I would say that my overriding thought and the thing I'm going to say quite bluntly here is your goals and your lifestyle should not be season dependent. It should not matter whether it's raining outside or not. Your goals are your goals. Your lifestyle is your lifestyle. You know, if you're a if you're a mum, you know, just because it's raining and cold outside doesn't mean you don't go collect your child from school. Like this is a lifestyle. These practices need to be with you throughout. You know, and if we look at this from the perspective of someone who is trying to get in shape for a certain occasion, right? Usually it's not just about the wedding, the holiday, or whatever they're working towards. They usually want to do it for the long term. And if you want to do it for the long term, you can't just switch off in the winter. And a lot of people, they'll also come to me and they're like, hey, I'm just waiting for these 12, you know, 24 weeks where I've got a clear social calendar and I 100% commit to this. I'm like, yeah, that's great, but that doesn't really make sense because of that's not real life. In real life, things are on your social calendar. You have challenging times. You have busy periods of work. And it's actually more beneficial for you to learn how to handle that and have that versus not having that at all. So I actually argue that it's better when people do have those because then they go through the experience of learning how to manage those. And the same goes for winter as well. And on that note, if you're a listener in the UK right now, which I imagine you are, we've got a good six months where the weather is miserable, right? October comes around, it's going to start getting dark and cold. So October, November, December, January, February, that's five months. And if we look at half of the end of September and half of the beginning of March, you've got a solid at least six months of gray and cold. So there needs to be something that's done here. I will caveat this. And there is an element of understanding the seasons because I do believe that there is, you know, there's night and day for a reason. There's light and dark for a reason. And I feel like when it does get darker, it does get to that winter season, from like a, a very evolutionary standpoint, there's more rationale that where we want to hibernate, where we want to rest, where we want to recover, versus the summertime where we are going to be out and we're going to be lively and we're going to be alive. So I think it's important to understand the seasons. I want to give you a little bit of a story uh, which came to me last year, which was fascinating actually, and it was good that I'm able to share this with you now after the learnings that I made. So when it got to last year, it was the first year that I was doing full-time online coaching. And I was, for the first time ever, I wasn't on the gym floor at that time of year. So I was just doing laptop-based work for the entirety of the day. And it would come around to like 4, 4.30 p.m. And I would be 
I'd be yawning, I'd be tired, I'd be, I'd be wrecked, to be honest. I'd be, like, reaching for a, a decaf, like, hoping that that would psychologically give me some energy. And I couldn't get to grips with it. I was like, I don't think I've ever been this tired in the evening. I used to think, I was like, I used to work up to 7, 8 p.m. in the evening, and I was absolutely fine. And during the summer, I could work up into the evening as well, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Then I realized that for the past 7, 8 years, I was on a gym floor, where they are always artificially lit, the music is pumping, it doesn't matter whether it's 10 a.m. or 10 p.m., the music is pumping, the lights are on, and it's almost creating a false daytime for you. And anyone who is a personal trainer listen to this will relate here, especially if you're working in London. The majority of the gyms and the studios, they tend to be underground. So the last gym that I was at, it was so brightly lit. So I would get in there sometimes at 6 a.m. in the morning, then I'd leave at 7, 8 p.m., and I, you know, there would be times in the day where I wouldn't even leave the gym, so I wouldn't even know whether it was raining outside, I wouldn't know if it was dark outside. For me, it was always just brightly lit and the music was pumping, right? So I thought it was daytime at all times until last year when I actually saw, I was sitting at a window, the sun was setting, and all of a sudden I was exhausted. So I then realized that was the reason. I was kind of more in tune with the seasons because I didn't have that false daytime that was created by the gym. So now that I had that awareness, I prioritized doing my work, my training in the early stages of the day, because I knew that even if it was dark in the morning, I could switch on a light and soon enough the sunlight would be up. So it was actually a lot more beneficial for me to do that versus putting light on at 6 p.m., knowing that I should be winding down at that time anyway because it's the evening. And that's where I had to change and I had to pivot and I had to make sure that that was the way that I made this work for me, right? So you've got to understand the seasons. There's no doubt that the cold and dark has an input. So that's the first thing that I would do. And then the next point I want to talk about is that this lifestyle, like I said, it should not be seasonal. And if you do make it seasonal, you will yo-yo, right? Like I just said, there's six months out of the year where the weather's going to be pretty miserable. So if you're doing six months where you're kind of a little bit lazy and then six months where you're on it, you're never really going to have stability within your, your health, your body composition. And, you, you know, you're just going to feel like you're fighting a losing battle all the time. I guess the next question here is, how do I stay motivated? And I wouldn't say it's a case of motivation. Motivation is when you kind of, you're pumped to do something. You want to do it. And this is where the, one of my favorite words comes in. People don't like this word. It is discipline. Discipline is doing the deed doing the thing when you don't want to do it because you know the bigger purpose, you know the why. And if it's not even just for a goal, you look beyond the goal, right? And then we look towards identity. It's about being your best, it's about upholding that commitment. Think about this from a, quite a grandiose perspective here, you know, like if you think of someone who is a good person, what made them a good person? They probably consistently did good things, right? You didn't see them do many bad things. What makes someone a healthy person? They do consistently go to the gym. They do consistently eat good meals. That doesn't mean they can't eat um, a quote-unquote unhealthy meal from time to or they don't occasionally miss workouts. But largely, they do that. They do that consistently over time. You need to think a little bit more long-term and bigger picture. Because if you do get lost in the moment, and you know, the idea of going to the gym doesn't sound super appealing when it's cold and it's wet outside, then you'll get stuck in this, you know, like I said, this the loop where you don't really achieve your goals and you can't actually have a long-term healthy lifestyle. 
But if you think about the bigger picture and think that what I'm doing now is contributing to where I'm going to be in the summer, where I'm going to be in five years, where I'm going to be in 20 years, you can connect those dots. And I think this is really important. And I think a kind of failure on our part as humans sometimes is that we don't connect how our current actions and behaviors dictate our future. And that's a big one. It's like how our current behaviors and habits dictate our future. They have the biggest impact. And I always like to remind myself when I do something that I don't want to do, I always say, future Elliot will thank you for this. So that might be something you want to utilize. And it's a challenging time of the year. And I, so that's why I'd say it's even more essential that you do these things. You've got more socials going on. You know, the weather is not pleasant. You're going to have more temptations to go for comfort foods and stuff like that. That's why it's so important that you uphold these good habits. So let me summarize. First things first, work with the seasons and your energy flow. You know, if you do dip in the evenings like I started to do, try and amend your day if you can. Number two, have a goal. Set a new goal. You know, something that keeps you incentivized to go to the gym or do what you're doing. And remember the bigger why behind the goal. Next, use mental overrides. And this is a big one. It's always your choice, right? You know that voice in your head that tells you not to go? Or that voice in your head that tells you that, you know, you want to have this food versus the other food? Battle against it. As soon as you hear it, choose to work against what it's saying. This is where you need to take control. And that's a big one there. Next is bigger picture thinking. Think of your future self. Think of yourself tomorrow in five years, 10 years, 15 years. And finally, Discipline will always win over motivation. So look towards being a more disciplined person than being a motivated person. That is my closing thoughts on that one. And I hope it served you well. So that's everything for today's podcast, guys. I hope that that was insightful. I hope that there was some value that you could take away from it. If there was anything, any specific line that resonated with you, uh, any certain portion of the podcast, then please, I'd love it if you could share that via Instagram. Maybe Instagram stories would be fantastic. Do a screenshot, maybe put the quote that really resonated with you on that or share it with a friend. That would be fantastic. I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Take care of yourself and we'll speak soon. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.